Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We're continuing in our quest of how to have a good fight. And we continue with Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott as our guides. As you are choosing your battles, it's always helpful to consider whether the issue you are about to gripe about is related to a gender difference or one of your unspoken rules or unconscious role expectations that we've talked about on previous broadcasts. It's amazing how much mutual understanding in these areas will help you relax and not make it a big deal. Remember, without mutual understanding, you assign motive as to why your spouse is acting or reacting. And when you do, you always assign motive to protect your own position and viewpoint. Once again, mutual understanding is a major key. Well, many couples find themselves bickering on a regular basis over just about anything. It seems that for them, no issue is too small or too big to spar over. The parrots give the following assignment to couples who are regularly bickering. When you feel the tension rising, ask each other to define clearly what the fight is about until both of you understand the issue. Marital battles become habitual if the source of the conflict is not identified. But once couples define the issue, they can be more upfront about what is really bugging them. And once the conflict is clearly defined, according to the parrots, it often takes care of itself. To identify the real source of conflict, you must address the following questions. What are we really quarreling about? And what is the real source of our disagreement? When couples do not address or cannot answer these questions, the quarrel is often displaced to another topic. And another thing, why do you always? So before you fight or experience your version of heated fellowship, be sure you know what you are fighting about. The parents often teach couples the XYZ formula to help them state their feelings. Think of this approach as a kind of game in which you fill in the blank with your particular gripe in mind. In situation X, when you do Y, I feel Z. For example, when you are on the road, X, and you don't tell me that you miss me, Y, I feel unloved and lonely, Z. Or, last Thursday night, X, when you called your mom and talked for half an hour, why? I felt like our plans for the evening went out the window, Z. Using this formula will help you avoid insults and character assassination, allowing you instead to simply state how your partner's behavior affects your feelings. Another example would be, when we are riding in the car, X, and you change the music without asking me first, why? I feel hurt that my desires are not considered, Z. That is far more constructive to your partner than saying, you never consider my feelings when it comes to music. Although the latter may be what first comes to your mind, it's likely to draw a defensive response that gets you nowhere. 
Normally, one partner is often more expressive than the other. In other words, one person articulates his or her feelings more quickly and more intensely than the other. This imbalance causes problems time and time again because what is very important to one person may appear not to be very important at all to the other, particularly if your mutual understanding quotient is low. Here's an example from the parrots. James and Karen were setting up their first apartment. Karen wanted to paint the kitchen walls a light blue. She brought home paint samples to show to her new husband, but he didn't share her excitement. I found the perfect color, Karen said enthusiastically, holding paint chips up to the wall. I'm not really crazy about it, Jim said. Oh, you will like it once you see it on the wall. It'll be great. I don't know. The phone rang in the middle of their discussion, and that was the last they talked about it. Three days later, James couldn't believe his eyes when he came home to a light blue kitchen. What's this? he exclaimed. I thought we agreed not to paint it this color. You said you didn't care, so I went ahead. I never said that. For the rest of the evening, James and Karen argued over feeling betrayed and unappreciated. But the whole scuffle could have been prevented if they knew just how important, or unimportant, the issue of painting the kitchen was to each of them. Mutual understanding again. As it turned out, James didn't express it well, but he felt very strongly about not painting the kitchen light blue. Karen, on the other hand, was excited and eager to set up house. She could have very easily been talked into another color. Their feelings and how they expressed them were almost polar opposites. The parrots use a simple technique that can prevent much of James and Karen's grief. For several years, they have been handing out hundreds of what they call conflict cards. Using this small plastic card, no bigger than a credit card, helps put couples on even ground when it comes to expressing the intensity of their feelings. They didn't initiate the idea, but they continue to use it. What's on the card? Well, it's simple, really. On the card is a scale from 1 to 10 ranking the intensity of a person's feelings. 1. I'm not enthusiastic, but it's no big deal to me. 2. I don't see it the way you do, but I may be wrong. 3. I don't agree, but I can live with it. 4. I don't agree, but I'll let you have your way. 5. I don't agree and cannot remain silent on this. 6. I do not approve and I need more time. 7. I strongly disapprove and cannot go along with it. 8. I will be so seriously upset I can't predict my reaction. 9. No possible way. If you do, I quit. And 10. Over my dead body. Anytime a heated exchange occurs, a couple can simply pull this list out and rank the depth of their disagreement. This is a three for me. Well, it's a five for me. By rating their conflict, they can play on a level field even when one person is more expressive than the other. 
If you'd like a copy of these rankings so you can begin to use them, just send an email request to Pastor Gary at CloverdaleChurch.org and I'll email you a copy. As an aside, these cards are a part of the handout materials you get when you come to one of my couple's seminars. A helpful suggestion from the parrots. If you use this ranking system and both partners rank an issue at seven or higher, they should seek help from an objective outsider like a minister or a marriage therapist. Remember the childhood saying, Sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's a lie. Names do hurt, as many unhappy couples can testify. Unfortunately, couples generally become experts at character assassination. Put-downs are especially lethal when they attack an Achilles' heel. If your spouse has confessed to you that his cruel high school classmates nicknamed him Egghead, and if in adulthood he still has fears about being socially clumsy, that name is off-limits. According to the parrots, There are two Achilles' heels that are mentioned so often that they must be universal. They are sexual performance and parents. It is tricky enough in life's mellowest moments to discuss sexual dissatisfaction with a mate, but to use it in an argument is a bad idea. And even though we are allowed to criticize our own parents, it's off-limits for a spouse to be doing it. One of the sad facts of close relationships is that we treat the ones we love worse than we treat just about anyone else. We are more likely to hurl insults at our marriage partner than any other person in our life. We are even more polite to acquaintances than we are to our mates. Here are a few tips from the parrots for cultivating politeness in your marriage. Greet each other with an acknowledgement and warm hello and leave with a tender goodbye. When your partner has done a chore, always show appreciation for the job, even if the way it was done doesn't meet with your approval. Say, thanks for washing the car, rather than, you missed a spot. Surround mealtime with pleasant conversation. Shut off the gadgets and pay attention to your mate instead. Research has shown that it takes only one put-down to undo hours of kindness that you give to your partner. So the most gracious offering of politeness you can give your partner is to avoid put-downs altogether. If you are having a fight about how much time your partner is spending at work, I can promise you that it will not advance your argument if you also note that he or she is overdrawn at the bank and always leaves you the car with no gas in the tank. Stick closely to the relevant issues, and try to end the fight. Refocus the exchange when it gets off course. Look, let's just decide who's dropping this off at the dry cleaners. Later we can talk about how the laundry gets done at home. Try to calm your partner down. Let's take a break. We're both too upset to discuss this reasonably right now. Unhappy couples turn every spat into a slippery slope of one unkind word that leads to another. For example, he says, I guess my mistake was looking forward to a nice dinner, 
and she responds, If you came home on time, you might have gotten one. Well, our time is gone for today. And as I close, I want to encourage you to attend one of the many Bible-believing and teaching churches here in the Treasure Valley. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to have you visit us. Our services at Cloverdale Church of God are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. And we're located at 3755 South Cloverdale Road. That's between Victory and Amity. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.